talking about words. This is the uh, third week in this series we're doing about words. Uh, And last week, let's see, last week we covered that your words are important. And I have a little visual aid for all y'all note takers. Your words are important. Very simple message last week. Man, I was itching. I, I was itching to continue on with my notes. But if I had done that, I would have preached a whole message, then preached another half a message. I didn't want to do that. But man, I was itching too. Because this right here that we're about to get into, the, the, the rest of these, this is the meat of this series. This is the heart of where this is going, of, of what this series is all about. So let's dive into this. First of all, I got to go back. I got to ask our question again. Do we believe the Bible? Do we believe that the word is truth? Do we believe that everything in the Bible is the word of God and that it is true? Good. Now that's out of the way. Just wanted to remind you that we're not dealing with something that is somewhat true or somewhat works sometimes. We're dealing with the word of God. And all of it is true. All right, so let's turn over to James 3. We're talking about steering the ship. That is this title of this series I've been on, Steering the Ship. We're learning about steering our ship. James 3, starting in verse 2, says, For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man able to also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. This right here is the heart of of what we're talking about. We're talking about our ship's steering wheel, which is this right here. Your mouth is the steering wheel of your ship. All right? We need to get our ship together. Now, I want to I I bring out one thing. Uh, I want to go over this one little thing, first and foremost. When, uh, when we talk about having, uh, our words having power, we're not talking, and a lot of people treat it this way, I know, but when you say things like, we're trusting in the power of God, our words have power, uh, things like that, we're not talking about a placebo. Y'all know what a placebo is. It's like when the doctor gives, you, gives someone a sugar pill, and they get better. Well, that's because it was all on their head. No, we're not talking about, you know, I talked a, a few weeks ago about how God is not good feelings. You know, God, God's power is not sending good vibes your way. And it's not a metaphor. Words contain literal, tangible power over your life. Yes? Yes? Mark 11, we know it very well. Mark 11:23, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, 
be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Now, this, this that we've been given, because this comes as a, position, as a result of our position in Christ, this is, this is a God-like ability that, that Christ has given to us. Praise God for that. Because of our position in Christ, our authority, it is a constant in our lives. Hallelujah. Now, here's the thing. I know I said last week that your faith can be misplaced. Well, because our authority is a constant in our life, you know, you don't, uh, you don't step out of being a child of God unless you outright reject it. You don't deactivate the authority over your life that you have. Now, because of that, that can be a very good thing or it can be a very bad thing. And I've talked a little bit about both. Whatever you believe in, if you speak that out, that's what you're going to get. Because your authority doesn't work only for good things. You don't stop being a king in this kingdom if you say something that may have a negative effect. A lot of world rulers uh, currently and in, in history we see have made proclamations, have given orders that have had really bad effects. You can see that just throughout history. Well, it's the same thing in the kingdom of God. You don't step out of authority just because you're saying something that you may not like. Proverbs 18 tells us that death and life are both in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruits. So, let's check this out over in Luke 4. I want to show you all a couple of things. Luke 4. I'm going to show you all some things regarding speaking. Regarding speaking to things. And regarding the power that we have been given in our words. So Luke 4, verse 38. And I'll read 39 as well. And he, that's Jesus, arose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's house, so Peter's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever, and they appealed to him on her behalf. And he stood over her, and he, and he rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she rose and began to serve them. Now, let's go over that again. So they go to Peter's house, Simon Peter. Peter's mother is sick, very ill. She's bedridden, probably a little delirious with fever. They're not sure what she has. It, she, it just says she had a fever. And they say, Jesus, now, now wait a minute, hold on. We know that this guy, this man Jesus, we know he can get some people healed. So why don't we ask him to do something about it? 
So they appeal to him on her behalf. So here's what Jesus does. He goes in there, and, you know, he, he stands beside her, and he rebukes the fever. Now, you'll notice that it does not say he prayed to God, God, take this fever away. And you'll also notice, for all y'all Pentecostal folks, he did not cast the devil out of her. There's no mention of any evil spirit uh, causing this sickness. We know evil spirits can cause sickness. But there's no mention of any casting out of any evil spirit here. So he didn't pray. He didn't cast out the devil. So how did this work? Jesus spoke to a fever. Like me talking to you, he spoke directly to a fever. Well, can a fever hear? Apparently so. I mean, if hearing just means uh, responding to words or orders directed at it, well, clearly, a fever can hear. Another instance we see is over in Mark chapter 4. Give you a second to turn there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So Mark chapter 4. You all know this story very well. 35, verse 35 says, On that day, when evening had come, Jesus said to them, Let us go across to the other side. Now I want to stop you right there, just for a second. And have you all just take a quick notice of this. Jesus knew exactly where he wanted to go. He wanted to go to the other side of the, the, the lake, the sea. So he said, all right, we're going to go to the other side. Now this right there is a very important principle in life. Now I'm going to read the rest of this. But Jesus knew the power of him making a declaration. Because he knew what kind of authority that he had been given. And he knew when he said something, it was going to come to pass. Why do you think he was sleeping during a storm? Because he had already said, we're going to the other side. It don't matter if a storm comes up. I've already said, I'm making it to the other side. Jesus understood this. So let's continue. And leaving the crowd... They took, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were there with him, and a great windstorm arose. The e, I like the ESV translation there. A great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. So he knew he was going to make it to the other side. He wasn't worried about this. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke. You know, I imagine he was like, you know, are waking me up from a really good nap. You know, we're rocking in this boat. I'm relaxed. And he awoke. And what did he do? He rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. He said to them, 
Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Now, the same person who said, uh, who, who spoke to the storm in Mark 4, also said in Mark 11 that if you say to this mountain, move, it'll move. Jesus understood the power of his words. And we see again, Jesus didn't pray. Now, I told you before, there are things that we are told to pray for. Uh, We're told to pray for wisdom. We're told to pray for laborers to be sent out into the harvest. But Jesus knew that. But he spoke to the storm. He commanded the storm, stop, peace, be still. He didn't pray. He didn't uh, rebuke the devil or whatever you want to claim that he did. No, he talked to a storm. So I'll ask you again, can a storm hear? Apparently so. Apparently a storm can respond to words directed at it. And, you know, if a, if a fever can hear and a, a, a monsoon can hear, I believe that cancer can hear. And if waves and wind can hear, I believe your money can hear. I believe you can speak to poverty and it will leave you. But some people say, actually a lot of people say, well, that was just Jesus. You know, he's God. Well, yeah, but Jesus was a man. And he was demonstrating on earth the kingdom that he was setting up for us to rule and reign in as kings. He said it himself in John. He said, uh, uh, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater. So I didn't say that. Pastor Allen didn't say that. Dr. So-and-so at over a big fancy theology seminary didn't say that. Jesus himself said that, that the church would do greater works than he would do. And he has given us this position that we live in as kings and queens, royalty in the kingdom, because he knew we would need it. And if you don't believe that, if you don't believe me, I know uh, back at my, my, my alma mater, Rama, um, Ms. Lynette Hagen, that is Pastor Hagen's wife, they are the uh, presidents of Rama. And let me tell you, that woman is so stubborn with the word. You know. She will not be denied when it comes to the promises of God. Good. That woman, I have seen her pray storms away. And y'all can, you know, say that was a coincidence. A lot of people do. I have literally seen that woman pray weather out of her way. If Rama was having some event, she would go to God. She, she tells us these, uh, these little stories of her conversations she has with God. She's like, God, you know we're having an event this week. I can't have these storms coming out here. And then she would sit in her office and she would be like, Storm, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You have to move. And hey, this one time, 
um, let's see, what was happening that week? Something was happening that week, and there was this really awful rainstorm happening. Uh, or, or it was on its way or something. And no lie, there was this, you can see it on the radar, this big, ugly storm coming directly to the campus. Well, Miss Lynette started, started speaking. And no lie, this storm just dissipated as soon as it hit campus and literally reformed on the other side of campus. Now, if that ain't God, if that ain't some, some good words, I don't know what is. So our words have power. And one of the most dangerous things that you can do is, is believe that you have to accept everything that comes to you as if it's set in stone. You get a bad report from the doctor, or you get a bad report from, I don't know, your kids. You get a bad report from your bank or whatever, and people just say, that's the way it is. You know, life's hard. And that is something that our king has told us is not necessary. Our king has told us, no, we need to speak to the mountain, and it will move. You can speak to things. Simple as that. And they will respond. You speak against bad stuff, and you speak forth good stuff. It's as simple as that. And listen, while I was... While I was thinking about this, I had this thought. You know, you should never, you should never pass up an opportunity to say amen in church. Do you know what amen means? It means so be it. So if you want something to be that uh, pastor or whatever minister you're listening to, if you want it to so be in your own life, Hey, amen to that. I'll take it. I want it. Amen. Amen. You should never. Well, that's coming later. Hold on. Slow down. Listen, as long as you keep calling something cursed, that is all it will ever be. People say stuff like, I know people. Goodness, my heart goes out to them because I know they're doing it to themselves. But people say stuff like, man, this, my bad knee will be the death of me someday. No. No, sir. Do not say that. Because as long as you keep saying that, well, that's all it's ever going to be. Yeah. Is your bad knee, that's going to be the death of you someday. And people bring these things onto themselves because of their own words. People say stuff like, you know, my, my piece of junk car, it's always having trouble. Well, that's all it's ever going to have is trouble because you keep calling it trouble. People say stuff like, me and my stupid husband, me and my stupid wife, we, can, we can't get along. We'll just never get along. We're always fighting. All right, if you say so. 
If you call that what it is, then you will. You'll just never get along. You'll just always be at each other. Never have a healthy relationship. Why? Because you're speaking death over it. Because you're speaking curse, cursing over your own marriage. And a lot of people say, you know, my crazy kids will never know how to behave. Mm. Don't you say that? No. no. Don't you dare say that. You want to speak blessing over your children. You want to speak blessing over them because as long as they're children, they're still under your realm of influence. They're still under your sphere of, of authority. So you want to speak good things. My children will succeed. My children will be intelligent. My children will be blessed. Don't ever say, my, my stupid son, he just don't know how to act right. I don't think he'll ever make it. Don't you ever say that. People say stuff like, people say stuff like, man, I'm just always broke. I'll never be able to afford whatever. I, I just don't know if I'll ever have enough money to go back to school. I just don't know if I'll ever have enough money to fix up my car. All right, if you say so. Why? Because you're the one saying so. You're in that position because, why? You're saying so. You are designating your own level of living. And you will never rise above it unless you change what you're saying. People say stuff like, I'll never be able to do what I love. You know, I'm just, I'm just trapped in life. I'm, I'm just trapped in my, in my job. You know, I, I'll just never make it. I'll just never go anywhere. Stop it. No. You need to speak where you want to go. You need to speak where God says you're going. Even if it does not look like you can get there right now, hey, you need to confess, you know what? One day I'll do it. You know, God, God's working with me even as I speak. And we're going places, baby. Because God is on your side. Believe it or not, he wants you to be there. He wants you to move up higher. So you need to line up with what he wants. As long as you keep calling yourself poor pitiful you, down in the dumps, never getting anywhere, hey, guess what? That's where you're going to stay. And people, you know, people say stuff like, no, 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 I, I, I can't eat that. My body can't handle it. My body can't handle lactose. I can't eat that. Well, did God design your body that way? Did God design your body to have a deficiency? No. Well, that's ridiculous. You're, you can't just speak away a, a food allergy. Really? Really? Because the Word says, the Word says that by His stripes I was healed. And if God didn't design the human body with a deficiency, there's a little disconnect there. I'm supposed to be here according to God's blueprint, but I'm here. But I think this is where I'm supposed to be because that's how I was born. But God says I'm over here. But this is how I was born. But God says I'm over here. Whose words are you going to line up with? You know what? 
I may not be able to eat that right now, but I believe that my body is healed, and one day I will just gorge myself on lactose. I'll have all the lactose in the world, baby. Bring it on. And people say, I'm just blind as a bat, you know. I'm just blind as a bat. I I can't see worth nothing, you know. I need my I need my big thick glasses, you know. I can't I can't see anything. And people just confess them confess this over themselves every single day, every single time they misplace their glasses. They're just freaking out. I can't see anything without my glasses. If you say so. You know, your words have more power over your life than God's own words. Now, I'll talk a little bit more about that next week. But your words have more power over your own life than God's own will for you. And you got people running around saying, you know, sometimes I think I'm losing my mind. Sometimes I think I'm just, one of these days I'm just going to go crazy. If you say so, if that's what you want, Keep right on speaking it, because you're going to get what you speak over yourself. And people say things like, you know, I, I, I got one guy I know who's just always saying how much he forgets stuff. You know, I just always forget stuff. I have a terrible memory. And he just says that over and over. And I'm like, man, maybe you got a terrible memory because you keep, you keep confessing it over yourself. And you're holding yourself right there. Can't get anywhere. Can't get any better than that. Because that's all you're speaking over yourself. And some people, they just, they just say, man, nobody likes me. I just can't catch a break. I just can't get a break at work. You know, I, I, I just can't ever seem to get that promotion. I don't think I'll ever go anywhere. I don't think I'll ever make it. Because, man, people just don't like me. If you say so. It's all in the, if you say so. And God can't do nothing about that. God can't jump in your mouth and control what you say. That's up to you. And he cannot override your own will for your life. He can't can't jump in there if you've been confessing something over yourself, you know, some people just confess stuff for years, maybe for their whole life. God cannot just jump in there and just poof, magically fix it. Because it's your life. It's your steering wheel. You know, along with that, as long as you keep calling something yours... This goes right along with that. As long as you keep calling something yours, well, it always will be. People say stuff like, this is a real pet peeve of mine. People say stuff like, my asthma, my migraines, you know, my, my bad back, or my depression, my anxiety, or my food allergy or my this and my that. Don't 
personalized curses. Most people have these nice little form-fitted, custom-built curses just for themselves. And they put it up on their big display case like, hey, check this out. My depression. Yeah, this is mine, baby. All mine. Well, don't do that. I, I, I look at it like this. Sometimes, um, well, actually, it was when I was living in Tulsa. You know, we lived in student housing. And it's this uh, apartment building on campus. And I would sometimes get some mail that was to the correct address, but it was for a, a previous tenant. So it had my address on it. You know, it was sent to me, but it had somebody else's name on it. Now, who does it belong to? Not me. That belongs to somebody who does not live here anymore. That's the same thing with curses. You know, before you were in Christ, all the curses of the world, hey, they were yours. They were yours, and there was nothing you could do about it. But once you got in Christ, you're not the same person anymore. You were recreated from the bottom up. There is nothing in you that is the same as who you used to be. Completely. Totally. Renewed. Remade. So all those things, you know, bad back, uh, asthma, allergies, anything that could be designated as a curse. You know, a curse is just something bad, opposite of a blessing. Anything that could be designated as a curse, it is not yours. It does not belong to you. Return to sender. No. Your words, I've, I've heard it said like this, your words are like a thermostat for your life. Whatever you set it at is going to stay right there, not going to change, not going to move, and it's going to bring the atmosphere around it exactly to its level, and it's not going to do anything other than that unless you change it. So we need to be speaking blessing. We need to be speaking good things over our own lives. Amen? Amen. Do you want good things in your life? Do you want blessing in your life? Let's practice. Come on, let's practice. Repeat after me. Say, I am blessed. I am highly favored. I am rich according to the word. According to the word. That's important. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And actually, that's uh, the third thing that I have written down here. Your words should speak blessing. Not cursing. Now, y'all know that I'm not talking about cussing. You know, I'm not talking about swear words. No, I'm talking about the curse. You know what a curse is. It's just the the absence or opposite of a blessing. Curse bad, blessing good. There you go. 
Turn back over to James, chapter 3. James chapter 3, verse 10 says, From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. You know, I find it a little funny in kind of a sad way. But I I find it a little funny that you can speak cursing over something all day, all week, your whole life. But the second you start blessing something, oh, now you're weird. Oh, you can get mad at your, uh, your lawnmower, and you can say, this stupid lawnmower, why doesn't this thing ever work right? Why doesn't this thing ever cut the grass like I want it to? This is such a dumb lawnmower. But the second you say, you know, my lawn, I got a great lawnmower. My lawnmower is blessed. Now people are looking at you like, okay. All right, if you say so, buddy. That's how the world thinks. With a curse mindset. And I also find it a little, uh, well, I won't say surprising because it's just the devil. Uh, sad that secular music is filled, filled with all these lyrics about going crazy or losing your mind. And I find it even sadder. Oh, now he's talking about music. I find it even sadder that a lot of Christian music is filled with doubt and unbelief. And you got people singing all these things, professing it over themselves and thinking they're being all holy, but really they're just speaking doubt and unbelief over themselves. Watch what you're singing. Even if you think it's a good Christian song, take a second to look at it. Because if the whole, if you have a song and it's real catchy, it's got a good hook to it, and 85% of the song is talking about how how life is tough, and, you know, I, I used to be so dirty, and, you know, I'm not worthy of anything, and, oh, but it's fine, because I got God. What's the song really about? I mean, if, if you got 80, 90% of the song talking about how tough life is, how awful everything is, how much I'm struggling, but, oh, it's fine, I got God, right at the end. What's the song really about? And you got people proclaiming this stuff over themselves with all kinds of music, talking about how I'm going crazy. And people say, well, you know, you're just singing along with the song. Well, my king told me that I would be held accountable for every careless word I speak. So what are you speaking? And... Along those lines, something I see, something that makes me so, just my heart goes out to people when I I hear people say stuff like this, but do not, please, 
Do not ever legitimize negative words regarding genetic diseases or some kind of family thing going on. I don't care if, I don't care if granddad had Parkinson's and the doctors say you're a candidate. I do not care if mom had Alzheimer's and, the, and you're starting to forget things. I don't care. It doesn't belong to you. You have a brand new lineage. Recreated. There is no deficiency in the genes of one who has been recreated in God's image. Spirit and soul, you've been made new. It doesn't belong to you. So when, when people find that maybe they start forgetting stuff and, and, their, and their, their mom or dad or whatever had Alzheimer's, well, don't start speaking, what if I got it too? I know that's nothing to laugh at. On the contrary, it's very serious. Because when you start saying, well, you know, I might have it too. I'm, I, my mom had it. Uh, you know, and, and the, the doctors say there's a pretty good chance I might get it too, you know. Early onset and all that. Stop it. Don't you ever, ever say that over yourself. Because as soon as you start taking that in, and taking that thought in and meditating on that, well, you're just going to start speaking it. And once you start speaking it, well, you've accepted it. And now it should come as no surprise that you got it. Why? Because you started proclaiming it over yourself. Don't you ever identify yourself with something you have been freed from. Faith calls things that are not as though they are. That is the fundamental thing that faith does. So if you, maybe you have some kind of uh, underlying, I don't know, d- disease or something, or, or maybe you are just, you know, you always find that you're struggling with finances, or you always find that, that you're having trouble with your relationships with people. Start calling what God says about you, not where you are. Faith calls things that are not as though they are. I used this illustration a while back. If my leg hurts, faith says I'm healed, but my leg hurts. But the word says I'm healed, but, but my leg hurts. Which one are you going to line up with? But my leg hurts. No, you're healed. But your leg, you know, your, your leg may hurt for a little bit, but that does not belong to you. It's not yours. It is some kind of something external trying to impose itself on your, your God, uh, uh, your Jesus' blood-covered life. And it does not belong to you. Don't take it in. Don't accept it as, well, this is just how it is now. It is set in stone. I'm just going to have to deal with this. You know, this is a part of my life now. No. I say, no. It's not mine. 
I don't want it. The Bible says it doesn't belong to me. So I'm going to line my words up with God's words and say, hey, get out of here. You leave in the name of Jesus. If it's, uh, goodness, I've named so many things tonight. I have to recycle here. Uh, If it's a sickness, you tell it to leave. If it is, if you find that you're just always in poverty, and poverty can mean different levels and different things for different people. If you find that you're just always stuck in poverty, tell it to go. Call money in, in Jesus' name. Jesus said you're blessed, so call in the blessing. Jesus said he would provide for all your needs. Call in the provision. Move the mountain. Tell it to go. The world and, and, and religion, man, they say this is weird. That is ridiculous. Y'all are just weird, fruity, flaky, spiritual nuts. And, you know, I, I feel bad for them because they're ignorant and they're not living under the same blessing and promises that we are. They could. I wish they would. I hope they will. But we have revelation on something that most people do not. And you should never pass up an opportunity to bless something in your life. You should never... You know, sometimes if... Uh, sometimes my cell, my cell phone service, just, it just goes out. And I'll get a little irritated. I'll be like, man, I pay for this. Come back. And I'll just stop myself and I'll, I'll say, you know what? It's being spotty right now, but, you know, I just have the most blessed cell phone service out of anybody else in the Auburn Opelika area. Now, people, the people say, okay, buddy, roll, you know, I roll. All right. You do you. That's funny. But God says, hey, do it. Speak to your mountain. Never pass up an opportunity to bless your broke-down car. You know? You'll get it fixed one day, I know. Actually, in that regard, you should just say, Father, I'm believing that money to fix my vehicle is coming in. Finances, I call you in in the name of Jesus. Poverty, I command you to go. Never pass up an opportunity to bless what's yours. If it's uh, your spouse, never pass up an opportunity to say, I have the most blessed marriage. Me and my spouse, we love each other. And we may disagree sometimes. That's humanity. But we always have a strong and, and God-centered, blessed relationship. Never pass up that opportunity. If it's your family, You know, people have so much family trouble. Never pass up an opportunity to say, you know, my relationship with my family is so blessed. It is blessed beyond beyond belief. I just can't believe how blessed it is. Or your finances. I cannot believe how blessed my finances are. Money just comes out of nowhere. I don't know how it works. I don't know how it happens sometimes. But, you know, my finances, is, my finances are blessed. My bank account is blessed. All of my needs are met in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 
If it's your own body, you got so many people speaking curse over their own body. Don't do that. You should never, if you have a slight tingling in your arm or something somewhere, you just say, you are healthy in Jesus' name. Why? Because you're calling it what you want it to be, not because, not, not for what it is. That's what faith does. It calls things that may not be as if they are. So you should call your body blessed. You should call your body healthy. You should call your body healed. Because that's what the Word says it is. And you should line up your words with what God says it is. Weird or not. Goofy looking or not. You don't have to do it out loud, out out for everybody to hear. You don't have to say it. Go to your car. Go to your closet. I don't care. But speak it over yourself. Take a note from Jesus. You know, when you get confronted with something, you, you do one of two things. You either speak the blessing over it. You, you either speak good things over it. You either tell your mountain to get out of the way or you shut up. Zip it. Because the more you speak those bad things out, the more they become a part of you. And that's not what we want. I don't know about y'all. My car is blessed. My house is blessed. My job performance is blessed. I am constantly learning things. I am constantly getting better. My ministerial pursuits, they're blessed. My finances are blessed. And they will never not be blessed. My relationships are blessed. Are you getting the picture? Hallelujah. Let's start blessing things and stop cursing them. Why? Because our words have power. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Let's 